good to be here tonight. Amen. Amen. Went to jail this morning, nursing home after that, and now here I here I be. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to start out with uh, what the Lord wants me to say tonight, and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. And if you would get uh, turn to Hebrews chapter thirteen. And uh, we'll read one verse. I don't know if you want to stand or not, but you can go ahead and stand. Hebrews 13, verse 25. Grace be with you all. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for grace, mercy, long-suffering. Ask you, Father, bless now and... uh, Bless this little verse. Help me do what you want. We sure thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about grace tonight. I've heard it said before, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh, I've been saved uh, almost 45 years, and I'm still working on grace. Amen. Just when I think uh, I'm doing pretty good, uh, somebody will get in my face or do something and uh, uh, check my grace. Amen. Anybody know what that is? Amen. We just don't wake up one morning after salvation and uh, whatever this word means, I have no idea. The Shekinah glory. Whatever that is. I don't think it's in the Bible. Uh, what I think it's, it's uh, some preacher wants to expound and let you know how much he knows, amen. I guess that's a beam of light, I don't know. And I know my Bible pretty good, but uh, I don't have much time or grace with uh, morons, JWs, and Muslims. Say, what's a moron? (laughs) You know what a moron, a Mormon, amen. Uh, But uh, they go down to the beach and watch uh, submarine races at night. I used to wonder what that was. <laughs> so I tried it. I never did see them. Amen. <laughs> uh, but let me just say uh, tonight that preachers don't have uh, much grace with other preachers sometimes. And uh, pastors don't have much grace sometimes with church members, especially when they're boneheads. Uh, I preached a message one time down there in Rock Bottom. Don't ask me what to do because you ain't going to do it anyway. <laughs> you know, you got some some people that come to the pastor over and over and, what should I do, pastor? What should I do? And and you tell them, and they don't do it. So, they just, you know, I, I said, well, I'll just get a message together. And the couple that was supposed to be for, they wasn't there. You, say, you, you figure it, amen. Members don't have much grace with the pastor. Oh, he, he says one thing or something a little bit, and they get all bent out of shape. Members don't uh, have uh, much grace or little grace with other church members. Well, that, that'll work, won't it? But uh, youth departments uh, get torn all to pieces because... Uh, one teenager or another teenager is, uh, seems like they get more 
limelight and, and uh, the teenagers, uh, they, the other ones, they get upset. I never was in the youth department, but I helped out some, amen. And uh, we had some real experiences. Some people just never grow in grace. Never grow in grace. An old preacher said one time, he said, if the grace of God left the best Christians, there's enough sin in his or her heart to make him or her the worst of the transgressors. That's pretty deep, ain't it? If God just pulled the grace away from you, it's hard to say where you'd end up, where I would end up. And some people's grace is like... Uh, I got to thinking about it. How can I put this together, brother? Brother, brother Mike Stall, he he would know what I'm talking about. It's like an old man that's been married for several several years, and he's got everything in the world out in the garage, and uh, he goes out there to try to find what he needs, and he says, "Hits around here somewhere. I just got to find it." That's grace. Sometimes people just kind of figure out where is the grace in their life. He said, Preacher, are you talking to me? No, I'm just, I'm just rattling right now. 2 Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. If I can find it. The Bible says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Uh, this is the last thing that Peter writes here in, in the New Testament. And he's saying, grow in grace. So how do you grow in grace? Well, I'd say, not trying to get ahead of myself, but I'd say the closer you walk with God, the more grace you're going to have in this Christian life. The more you read your Bible, the more you hang around God's people, the more you're going to have grace. And uh, this is a good one here. The more you're tested, the more you're going to grow in grace. Amen. Brother Farley preached last night down at uh, Brother Drummond's, and he preached on temptation. He said, uh, God will test you. He'll, he'll, I mean, uh, he'll let the devil tempt you. And he said, that's good for you. I said, oh my goodness. I don't, I didn't, <laughs> I don't want to be tested. I'm tested every day. Every day. And I'm sure you are too. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Several verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9 and 10. Paul said, uh, for I am the least of the apostles that am not me to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was within me. I'm going to tell you something. I'm still learning grace after 45 years. I had a buddy I used to run around in high school. We'd 
we didn't drink or nothing. We just, it was friends. I had about five or six guys I ran around with. And one of them was Brother uh, Mike Harris. And uh, I prayed for Brother Mike Harris for 25 years. God saved him. And uh, when I'd come up here to Dayton, every once in a while I'd, I'd see him. Wasn't seen him too often. 25 years I prayed for Brother Mike. I said, Brother. But anyway, he got saved. He called me and told me he got saved. I went to see him, Brother Joe. And uh, while, we, while we was there, uh, Mike said, uh, hey, Brother Tommy, he said, Tommy, Brother Tommy said, uh, have you got the Bible on CD? I said, no, I don't, I don't have the Bible on CD. He said, hold on just a minute. He said, I got, I got, one, I got the whole Bible on CD. He goes to the bedroom, comes back. It was the NIV. He said, I want you to have that. I said, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll listen to it. Are you bragging on yourself, Tom? No, I ain't bragging on myself. I'm saying I had the grace to not jump on him that it wasn't a, a King James 1611. And I left there and I did read, a, a, a read or listen to about five or ten minutes of it so he would say, I could say I listened to it. Amen. But what I'm saying is, 10 years or 20 years or 30 years ago, I would have said, Mike, I don't need that. I, that's not the King James Bible. But God gave me grace to not say a word. Amen. You might learn something by that. Sometimes we can ram the King James Bible down somebody's throat so many times that they don't even want to see us. You say, you backing off on the... No, I'm not backing off. I'm just saying have a little grace with your loved ones, with your friends, with the people you work with, your brothers and sisters that don't have the King James Bible. Just kind of bump around a little bit. I hope I ain't crossing over, Brother Mike. Just bump around a little bit. You don't have to, you know, be so stern with it and everything. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Grace is not saying anything when you want to rip their face off or say something back to them. Sometimes it's hard to just stay quiet. Under grace, uh, obedience is a choice. Under the law, it was demanded. We have a choice under grace. Do whatever we want to do. Let me go on. Years ago, I hope you don't turn against me, I had page after page after page of convictions. Now you can put them on about four or five of these. You know, sometimes we feel like we're too spiritual. So how you know? I got that way. I said, well, I know more people in the church about, I know more Bible than the people in the church been saved 15, 20 years. 
And I, got, I caught myself getting more lifted up, more lifted up within myself. And I was condemning them, thinking I was somebody. And God dealt with me. He said, you are what you are. Let them be whatever they are. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. For 120 years, Noah built the ark, and he kept telling people it was going to rain. And when it came right down to it, only eight people got in the ark. You say, what was that? He said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. They ain't come, they ain't going to get in, I'm going to keep building. They ain't going to get in, I'm going to keep building. If they don't come to church when you want them to come to church, just keep doing for, doing for God. Amen. If you've got a wayward child and uh, they quit church, quit coming, and uh, I don't know, you can take this advice if you want to. You don't have to. But uh, I know a preacher friend of mine, his son got out of church, got married, children, and every time that boy come around with his family, that uh, preacher would say, "When you get, when you coming, when you getting back in church? Why don't you get back in church?" Every time he came, and finally, come to the place where that boy wouldn't even come around, wouldn't bring his family for two or three years. Got tired of hearing it. Man, it's quiet. <laughs> I'm trying to help you tonight. I've been down the road. I'm not bragging about being down the road. But I've been hurt and hurt and hurt. And I know what it's like. My daughter, 40 years I've been praying for. And when uh, we have a family uh, get together, uh, Jill and Jennifer, they, they go to church. They, they're always in church. They're doing what they can for God. And Jamie's there. I don't say right in front of my, my children or other whoever's there, Jamie, why don't you start coming back to church? After 40 years, just a little here, a little there, talk about God. Say, if when you can, she's got a bad back. And uh, so I'm, I'm just say, I just try to walk easy. Because sometimes if you walk too hard, they ain't going to bend. They ain't going to bend. In 1984, we, uh, I went to, uh, down at Mount Airy to Brother Carl Lackey's. And uh, first time I'd ever been to a camp meeting, first one thing or another. And, uh, and so I walked in the door there where they was having a meeting, and they was up there singing, and they had a tambourine. Just, just bang, bang, bang. I said, what did I get myself into? I wish I hadn't a came. I wasn't there too long, and uh, God says, uh, you going to send her in on that tambourine, or are you going to listen to me? Amen. I said, uh, 
I forgot the tambourine. They banged that thing, and man, they was having a time. I said, what'd you do? I just, I just said, hey, I enjoyed the meeting. Brother Elliot told me one time he went to a church down in Miamisburg, and there was a lady down there that had drums down there. And you told me, I think you told me she was kind of soft for one thing or another. And I'm not bragging on you, brother. God help. You need all the help you can get. No, I just. <laughs> but Brother Mike, he said, I just said, hey, I just settled in. George service. Uh, that dear lady loved God, lost her husband, uh, you know, a few years ago. Uh, she done went on to be with the Lord. And good, good woman. And when I first saw the drums, I went, Brother Tim, he passed her down there a while. When I first saw those drums, I said, what? A, there you go with the tambourine. You, know, I said, you just got to have some grace. Everything may not be what you think it is. And you don't know them people's heart. Amen. First of all, we're saved by grace. Amen, you know that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can, uh, I can eat anything I want to. I can eat pork, chicken, anything I want, catfish. I don't have to have fish on Friday. Amen. I don't have to go to church on Saturday. I don't have to make an animal sacrifice. I can pray sitting down, standing up, or running around, getting my exercise, which I don't do anymore. I used to, my God. And uh, turn back to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible says, Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? She was a Moabitess. She said, I'm just a stranger. Why'd you even take knowledge of me? Sometimes I wonder why God even stopped by my way and saved my old wretched soul. 35 years old, and uh, I, I'd had a lot of scrapes. I should have been dead. And I do believe in you can believe whatever you want, but I do believe if God didn't save this old sinner, I'd be, maybe probably not now, but I'd be laying under a bridge in a cardboard box, sucking on a wine bottle, digging in the dumpster trying to find something to eat. Hello? That'd be me. My wife would have left me. I'd have lost my three little girls. That'd been it. <laughs> but God had grace. <laughs> Just like uh, in that prayer letter there, that 
Guy got saved and then he checked out. He's talking about the grace of God. Lord, what he puts up with us, even after we're saved. If I got what I deserve today, I'd be out. Of, I, you, I wouldn't be standing here. In 1978, I was an outcast, a low life, outside, uh, surely, the grace of God. Why would Jesus Christ have anything to do with me? And could I say this, not, not trying to be mean, why would God have anything to do with you? Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God don't want to send anybody to hell. If you go to hell, they send themselves. I had many, many times people ask me to come to church. My wife got saved eight years before me. And uh, I just wouldn't go. I'd go every once in a while, just keep her off my back. But uh, one of the biggest reasons that uh, I got saved, there was, a, there was a young man that wasn't my friend, he was my neighbor's friend. He got saved. And then, uh, well, it was uh, Gloria Rife's brother, Wendell. And Wendell got saved. And, then Betty got saved, and uh, then Glory got saved, and then just went on down through there, and then my wife got saved, and uh, old Frank, he uh, he got away from God a few years after I got saved, and uh, his family just went crazy. One daughter died about three or four years ago over on the west side. She'd overdosed on... Uh, on drugs, but Frank got back in. And uh, I'd just like to say tonight that even though Frank got away from God, Lord God had grace and mercy, and Frank got back in, but sometimes people don't do the circle. They're still out there. But God still has grace. He wants them to come back. But uh, they're just too happy in their wayward life. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. Of course, I said that well, not willing that any should perish. God don't want anybody to go to hell. We're kept by grace. And God does the keeping. Amen. 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 I live day by day. I confess, try to stay right. And first one thing and another, come to church, read my Bible. You know, you guys do the same thing. I tithe, give to missions, all that stuff. And I, I give to the Lord because I want to. And uh, I... I I'm not promoting, you know, you 
money and all that stuff. But uh, I tell people every once in a while when they had faith promise at the church I was going to, uh, hadn't been saved long, and uh, I saved, uh, signed that card, uh, $5 a week. <laughs> Scared me to death. Scared me to death. But uh, God let me do that $5 a week. And uh, I'm, you know, I've been missionary 34 years and God's always took care of me. We're saved by grace. Look at Luke chapter 18. uh, Verse 9. Luke chapter 18. uh, Am I looking at the, oh, I'm in John. I did that down at the prison today, and them, them sweet little old fellas, they just, they, they, they was like a calf looking at a new gate. If you ain't a farmer, you don't know what that is. <laughs> Amen. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto them which trusted in themselves, uh, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, uh, God, I thank thee that I am not as uh, uh, other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up uh, so much as his eyes unto heaven, but uh, smote upon his breast, saying, "God be merciful to me, a sinner." I tell you that I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalted him shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. I don't know about you, but uh, I I don't want to think that I'm more than anybody. Most of the time, I think I'm the least of the least. Amen. The Bible says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. I could read some more verses. We get saved, start serving, surrender, we get in in our life and soon we're walking side by side with the Lord Jesus Christ and all of a sudden sin starts taking its little fingers and starts grabbing hold of this. You know, a lot of times, I don't know how you are, but uh, when sin starts tempting me, he says, uh, just a little, just a little. It, you know, it'd be okay. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump. Sometimes we just feel like giving up. Feel like, what's the use? Grieve the Holy Spirit. I said we grieve the Holy Spirit. And uh, we think, well, is God, is the Lord Jesus Christ, is He going to... Is he going to help me this time? Is he going to forgive me this time? Is he going to let me back in the door this time? And the devil said, nope. 
You went too far. I say, get out of here, booger man. <laughs> I know he'll let me back in yeah. if I just asked him. If I just asked him. Isn't it something just, it's a battle every day. Some days are worse than others. Some days, it ain't too bad. He said, Tom, you ever feel like giving up? Yeah, once in a while. Let me just say, uh, we're kept by grace. Storms will come, trouble will come. Seems like they'll never end. Seems like we just can't get out of it. I read a story one time. I got 12 minutes. <laughs> I read a story one time about a fellow that out west, he, uh, he did that hang gliding stuff. Jumped off one of them big tall cliffs, sailing down through there, and uh, a storm came up. And uh, when that storm came up, he just started lifting him higher and higher and higher. He, he had no control. And uh, all of a sudden, that updraft changed to a downdraft. He said, this is in it. This is it. It's, it's over. And as he was going down, up pulls a red-tailed hawk right beside him. He's looking at this hawk. He's heading down. He said, where he goes, that's where I'm going. He said, after a while, he said, that old red-tailed hawk said, soon. He goes, zoom, and he made it out. What are you saying? God will send you a red tail hawk. Sure will. Just when you want to give up, just when you think it's over, he'll help you out. You say, was that guy saved or not? I don't know. It was a good story. Amen. Grace will carry you, carry us home. Uh, Grace will maybe not stop all those tears. Uh, grace will get you through. I say we all through, go through problems, situations, and uh, sometimes I'll, on the way to the nursing home, I'll, uh, I'll get all messed up. You understand what? And uh, I tell the Lord, I say, I, uh, I can't go in there like this. I got to go in there to help that, that one I love. And uh, wipe my tears, cheer myself up, go in there and fight with her. <laughs> I told you about her getting on me about uh, singing and whistling. I probably told you that. Well, she still does it, amen? <laughs> That's all right. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, 
God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. <laughs> my, my. Grace will take us home. Sure will. Paul had physical problems, like so many times we do. But Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, I'm sure that uh, who I'm speaking to tonight is most of you. If you're here on Wednesday night. You're walking closer to the Lord than a lot of other people. Second Corinthians chapter 12, you know these verses. Verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Let me stop there for just a minute. Uh, you know, that could be just anything in our lives. Somebody, something just hinders something to kind of slow us down, something to get us away from God, something to have us quit reading our Bible, something to uh, think like uh, we don't deserve this, that thorn in the flesh. Uh, maybe you got one tonight, but uh, let's keep reading. The messenger of Satan to buffet us, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather, uh, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That's a pretty good deal, eh? He said, My grace is sufficient. He's got plenty of grace. Sometimes I wonder how in the world... And God keep up with so many people that have so many problems every day, every minute, every moment, and he don't miss a lick. Amen. Don't miss a lick. Let me tell you another story, and I'm just about done. Years ago, in Sweden, there was a young boy, and uh, his father made him a small sailboat. And uh, when spring would come, he would go up into the mountain there, and uh, they'd be where the snow would melt. There'd be little pools of water, and he'd, he'd take that little sailboat, and he'd let it play around with it, first one thing or another. And uh, before he'd go back to the house, he'd put it back in a little hole somewhere in, up in there, up on top of the mountain. Well, to make a long story short, the boy grew up. His family moved to America. He grew up, and uh, he got married, and he had a little son. And he went back to Sweden to, uh, to see the old home place. And he had been sold and, of course, went out of the family. And he told that little boy, he said, let's go up on the mountain there. And he said, I, I used to have a little sailboat I'd play with. And he said, let's see if we can find that. So they went up there, and they looked, and they looked, and had a hard time finding it. Finally, they found that little sailboat. And when he pulled it out, Brother Mike, he pulled it out of that hole he years ago, 20, 30, 20 years ago, I don't know how long. And he picked that little sailboat up, 
and the string just disintegrated. The sail just fell off. But the boat, the boat, just like it was when he was little. What are you saying, preacher? Everything in your life may fall apart, but that boat of grace will still be there. Amen. Amen. Still be there. I'll give you this and I'll close. Longfellow could take a worthless sheet of paper and write a poem and he'd be worth thousands of dollars. Rockefeller could sign his name on a line and a check for a check and he'd be worth millions of dollars. That's capital. Uncle Sam can take a gold piece, stamp an eagle on it, and it'd be worth $20, probably a lot more now. That's money. A mechanic can take a piece of junk, work on it, and make it a dependable automobile. That's skill. Rembrandt could take a 50-cent piece of canvas, paint a picture on it, and it would be worth more than a poor, more, poor boy could give. That's art. God can take a worthless, wicked, washed-up piece of a human being, clean him or her in the blood of the Lamb, put the Holy Ghost uh, in them, and turn their life around where it would be worth more than money could buy. That's grace. That's grace. Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Got a problem tonight? Got a heartache tonight? He'll get you through it. You got something you need in your life? He'll get you, get you that. And if he don't, maybe you didn't deserve it right now. Maybe you weren't supposed to have it right now. Sometimes we get ahead of God. And when we get ahead of God, that's not good. I want to follow his leading. I want to know where he wants me, when he wants me, like he was talking about, do it when you can. And uh, every once in a while, uh, I'll be on that crazy phone doing that thumb stuff. And God will say, you've been on it too long. Get off of it. And I look at that clock and I say, five more minutes, Lord. <laughs> he said, no, now. So what do you do? I get off the stupid phone. Thank you for listening. Preacher, amen. Grace, grace. God's grace.